2: The latest edition of the Conquer Local Podcast. I'm very privileged to be able to do some traveling in my um, day-to-day job. And uh, I was traveling in Australia three years ago, working a scintillating tour of uh, 15 cities in 10 days. And we were driving through the outback and there were kangaroos and Tasmanian devils. And uh, no, there was none of that stuff, but we did get to see a koala and a wallaby. So that was kind of cool. For Saskatchewan farm boy that I am. But I heard this name when I was on that tour, a guy named Peter Ermsen. I'm like, I got to track this guy down. And lo and behold, now a few years later, Peter Ermsen is one of my friends. He's the CEO of Spotser. And Spotser is this digital juggernaut that is based out of Amsterdam. And Pete runs the entire organization. He's built this machine that is growing like crazy And we're going to find out everything that's making Spotser work. And Peter has some very interesting and unique perspectives. He is going to talk a little bit, I'm sure, about customer success and how his customer service teams are serving businesses all over the world. They work in 12 different languages. And Peter's got some very unique perspectives on SMBs and SMEs and what their challenges are. And we're going to ask them some questions about that and the learnings that the sponsor team has because they're the folks that fulfill the digital services that are sold to these customers by various sales organizations in different countries like Italy and France and the UK and Australia and many, many others, including Norway. So a very interesting episode is on tap, folks. I guarantee it. It's Peter Ermsson, the CEO of Spotser from Amsterdam, coming up next on the Conquer Local podcast.
1: Join us for Conquer Local 2019 in beautiful, sunny San Diego. California's Beach City and the legendary Hotel Del Coronado will play host to the most valuable conference of the year for companies selling marketing solutions to local businesses. We have a must-see lineup of industry experts, including our keynote speaker, Kevin O'Leary from ABC's Shark Tank. Our entire slate of accomplished speakers have been hand-picked to address the top six growth problems facing all B2B companies. Product, demand, sales, scale, retention, and expansion. You'll get stimulating talks, tactile workshops, and an opportunity to connect with the brightest minds in your industry, all geared toward turning your business into a recurring revenue growth engine. Plus, you can experience an unforgettable adventure on a guided tour of the world-famous San Diego Zoo, capped off with an incredible treetop reception. We've secured deep discounts on conference hotel rooms, but they are limited and going fast. Don't miss out. Go to conquerlocal2019.com and get your tickets and rooms today.
2: It is the latest edition of the Conquer Local podcast. And Peter Urmsen, my good friend, is joining me from Amsterdam today. Peter, how are you today?
0: Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, George. Good to be here with you.
2: We've been uh, planning this for eight months that I was going to have you as a guest on the podcast. Finally, we were able to make the stars align and I appreciate your time. Let's uh, first off introduce you to our audience. You are the CEO of a company called Spotser. And could you give us a bit of a background on how you arrived as the CEO of that very innovative company? And we'll talk a little bit more about what Spotser does in a moment, but let's talk about your career because you've been involved in the, in the media business and in local sales for quite some time.
0: Yeah, I've kind of been in the space all my working life, you know, starting in Census, a directory business, uh, doing local search in Australia uh, for 10 years, executive roles, then executive roles in similar sort of businesses in Europe. Um, then back in Australia, CEO of the online marketing group um, for a big media business in Australia called Fairfax. And then went consulting, and when I went consulting, Um, I went to set businesses up that specialised in local search for enterprise-sized publishers, um, such as News Limited. Whilst consulting to them in setting those businesses up, I did RFPs uh, to find businesses to do fulfilment and services of marketing services for SMBs, and Spotser won the RFPs, um, and the guys at Spot, the founder of Spotser asked me if I wanted to come and run the business. So I uh, I moved over to Amsterdam, a beautiful part of the world. You know, we've grown the business um, over the last four years. We used to have about 60 people. I think we're now up to about uh, 300 people. And uh, we've got a network of about 500 uh, freelancers. So it's quite a sizable business now and very focused on the marketing services space for small to medium businesses globally.
2: Let's talk about how things have changed in your eyes, because you've been doing this for a while and you've saw the transformation of, of these various industry, I think it's really unique that you have experience in directory and the newspaper business and you're working with partners all over the world. What do you think the biggest single thing is, Peter, that, that has uh, changed when it comes to servicing those local customers?
0: Uh, I, I think there's multiple things that have changed. I think the biggest thing that's changed actually is the sophistication of the customer and their needs, they have uh, become very aware around the digital space. Keep keeping ahead of their of their demands and their needs is uh, is critical for the industry and the business. Uh, back in the day, you could get away with a very basic product, you know, with some basic functionality, and that still is true to some businesses that they want that. Uh, but you really have to have cutting edge, uh, marketing services solutions now uh, that, that keep up with trends and keep up with the needs and changes within Google, changes with Facebook, Bing, and and other platforms.
2: So when you and your organization is out working with one of your partners, and, and those are media companies all over the world, and we'll get to the languages that, that you service in a few minutes and some of the jurisdictions, but what's the challenges around training those salespeople to understand that, that the customer is very sophisticated. You're going to have to have a higher level of knowledge. What, what are some of the challenges you're seeing with salespeople?
0: It's key and it's very interesting. And, you know, fortunately for myself, you know, I come from a sales background, you know, and it was census as the sales director uh, for a few years there and ran large sales teams and, You know, what we do with our partners, you know, it's it's trying to work with them to keep the messages really simple. You know, it needs to be very succinct and simple for the salespeople to understand the products and services that they are selling. So consequently, it's very simple and easy for the customer to understand what they're getting. A key thing is is not to oversell and overpromise but to be very factual. Um, and we work with a number of organizations to influence that. We don't train them and, and we don't absolutely do that in every instance, but we do influence them on, you know, what's best practice um, in the messaging that the sales people have with their customer to keep it simple.
2: I'm wondering if that training is, it you just go in there one time, train them up and they're good to go. Or is it an ongoing cadence?
0: Yeah, you know, it's we have different partners um, with different levels of relationship type, you know, where we have a really strong relationship with the partner and that the partner sees the value that we bring to the table, you know, we, we will be talking to multiple departments within their business, you know, multiple times within a week or a month. And then we have some partners that don't want us to do that, and that's fine. They have their own reasons. Um, they like to do it in their own particular way. So with those types of partners, we just try to influence where we can by providing the right types of information. What we find, though, is that sometimes, you know, the product teams or the marketing teams can sometimes overcomplicate the story and so that sales isn't getting the real message or the key unique selling proposition of the product. So we try to influence with the product team and the marketing team, as well as the sales team.
2: I think that the unique thing about your model, and maybe we should just dig into this a little bit, you are empowering local salespeople through your various channel partners. But then at the the end of the day, when they buy a website, or they do an ad campaign, or they're working on their search engine optimization, it's actually your team that is doing the fulfillment work on behalf of that partner. And and how many languages are you servicing today with that team? I think at the moment we're about 18 languages. It's an amazing business model. And, you know, kudos to you for being able to pull that off because I'm sure it's not easy. I really would love to dig into some of the insights that you're learning from that group when they speak to an SME. Are you finding that you have to answer a bunch of questions outside of they bought a five-page website? Are they... Are they asking that person all sorts of digital questions because they, they want to learn more about it or is it very succinct no, I'll give you the stuff for the website, that's it or is it a broader conversation?
0: Oh, it's, it's, it's absolutely a broader conversation. Um, you know we, we need to make sure that yes, we have our process in pla- uh, processes in place you know to execute let's say it's a five or a 10 page website you know with a couple of other products attached to it but we need to make sure that our agents on the phone, we call them client managers, the client, the digital client managers, you know, we're always training them on SEO, um, how to handle a call, how to talk to a call and to become that trusted advisor to the customer, you know, cause the customer might be very good at, you know, let's say he's a hairdresser, you know, the customer is very good at being a hairdresser, but he knows nothing about digital. And, we, we take it really critically important that what we do for that business, even if it's a three-page website, that we get it absolutely right so that the website ranks properly. And we'll advise the customer you know, on, on what kind of content needs to go in the website um, and, and the things that they should be doing and thinking about in the future as well, so that we become a trusted advisor.
2: I was baiting you with that question because what the real conversation that I want to have leading from that is... It's not just making the sale, delivering the product on a binary, you know, yes or no. There, it takes this village, it seems, where the salesperson makes the sale. Then you've got this team that does the fulfillment that also builds a relationship with that customer. And, and we're, we're seeing that that client manager, as you've called them, actually building a very good relationship with the customer. So I guess it, the question that I want to ask is, do you see that group then starting to facilitate an upsell down the road? Um, because they have the customer on the, on a regular content call or something like that. Have you been able to make that leap?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, with one partner uh, last week, actually, we just launched where we actually sell on the behalf of the partner. And, and, and the customer gets that salesperson who becomes the client manager, who becomes involved in the whole fulfillment process and owns the customer end to end. You know, so we, we look to build the uh, trust in the customer either from the outset where we can have the ability to sell on behalf of the partner and carry on, or if we're look, just looking if the sale has already been made, we'll then start to advise the customer so that we can look for upsell products. And then we'll we'll either make the sale or we'll send a lead to the partner to say, hey, this customer really needs less products. And they're really interested in
2: that. It's very interesting that you've been able to bridge that gap because there's a lot of organizations that are thinking about how to do that. Now, our audience on the Conquer Local podcast, which is over 5,000 salespeople from around the world that listen to the podcast on a regular basis, are probably freaking out right now because then do you need the salesperson if we've got the customer service people that are doing the upsells? What's our answer to that question that maybe those listeners might have?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we, we're very strategic in, in how we offer those services and we work with partners so that sales remuneration isn't impacted. Um, we, we don't have face-to-face channels and we have very few by way of T-sales. Um, we really only offer that up to partners that don't have existing sales teams. Um, we, we believe, you know, that established brands, with established sales teams can sell our product better than what we would be able to sell it because they have the relationship. If we launch in a new partner that doesn't have any sales capability, we will bring that to the
2: table for them. I'm wondering if if there's been any thought around uh, team sales approach where the sales rep has a face-to-face relationship. We know that we're going to need that interaction with the customer. They've got a great relationship. But what we want that salesperson doing is going, having face-to-face with new potential customers. Meanwhile, there's somebody back at the ranch that is able to offer that level of service that has some sales skills to facilitate the upsell while they have the customer on the phone. And the rep isn't concerned about it because there's maybe a shared commission or something like that. Have you, have you saw any models like that in your travels throughout your various 12 jurisdictions, different languages that you work in? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: We, we, we pretty well operate with that model with every partner. you know. So our, our role is to advise um, the customer uh, to, to uh, consult to them, uh, to launch the products that they've already bought. Um, and if we can see that they should have something else, we'll advise them of that. And we'll also send a note back to the partner to get the sales rep to get in touch with that customer because they've got an interest in it.
2: Here's the biggest concern that I have, Peter, and I'm looking for some validation. I'm concerned as, as a salesperson that my customer has declared that they have an intention for something and I'm out calling on other customers and my service person is dealing with them. I want to fill that need immediately so they don't go somewhere else in the meantime. I just think that as salespeople, we need to really stop being landlords And realize that in 2019, it's a team approach and there are all sorts of pieces of technology or advancements digitally that have allowed us to be more efficient and to do what salespeople are really good at. And then leave the account service work to people who are experts in that space, but just layer on a bit of the upsells into that service model. So we actually could go faster. So, you know, is that, is that your take on it? That's my take on it. I'm just looking to see if you agree.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, you know, I mean, uh, our our role is to advise the customer uh, and to work with uh, the sales organisation, operations, product and marketing uh, to make sure that the customer has an amazing experience and feels as though um, and knows that they are in very good hands with people who understand uh, the marketing services space inside out. And if our role is to also help support sales in, in, in getting through to the customer around that value proposition, we absolutely bring that to the table um, to enable sales as well and to support them. You know, we, t- we take an approach um, at Spotser, uh we just call it one team, um, where we work and we go into our partners and we say, you know, it's very much branded as one team. We're one team together. Uh, We work, we can work with you, we can learn from you a hell of a lot, and we can also do things to support you uh, a hell of a lot. Uh, But we always think about the customer experience and working together as one team. The only way to win in this business is going to be through service.
2: No, I agree with that. I've always admired the business that you've been able to build and the growth that you folks have had. Tell me what are some of the challenges in dealing in 12 different languages on a day-to-day basis?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, where do you begin? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, uh, and it's even broader than that uh, or deeper than that. Y- yes. We're in a number of different countries and different languages. You know, we have to have copywriters, content writers, um, SEO rules uh, and approaches that can, can have slight nuances and differences Um, But, you know, we also need to write SEO in a a particular fashion and a particular way. Uh, You know, grammar, it can change dramatically. Um, So getting your uh, quality guidelines and quality framework in place, you know, is critical uh, across all of those languages. Um, And then you've got the QA process, you know, quality assurance, you know, to make sure that the copywriters are writing in the right way that the SEO is working in the right way, that you're designing the, the websites in the right way. If you uh, have a pizzeria out of Italy, you know, the pizza in southern Italy that you put the, in, in the website is very different to a pizza in northern Italy, you know. So you've also got all of those geographical, territorial uh, elements to consider. But we've really focused on Europe. Um, are we re- we're, in, we're in the US as well a little bit of Southern America, um, and we, we're very big in Australia and New Zealand, uh, but obviously in Europe is the complexity because of the languages. But somebody in Italy, as an example, might have an Italian website built, but they also want it in five different languages. So we need to be able to provision that. Um, the same with Switzerland. You know, there's three different languages in Switzerland. Um, and then Belgium, you know, you've got French, you've got Flemish, uh, part of Dutch. Um, and the nuances. So there's the copy and content, but then there's also making sure that we hire the right people. Everybody's based in Amsterdam in a large contact centre that we have here. You know, the beauty of Amsterdam is it is a melting pot of bringing in internationals, you know, so we do find it easy to hire different languages here. Probably Norway has been the most challenging, but, um, you know, it's uh, it makes life interesting, let's say.
2: Well, I I just find it fascinating how you've been able to grow as fast as you have and to solve for what might be a nightmare on 12 different languages. I've never asked this question in 60 episodes. So this is brand new. Let's see how this goes. Peter, if you were advising our audience, what is the thing that they should fear the most as a salesperson today?
0: I, I would say the fear of change. They have to, they have to change and they have to change really fast. Um, you know, I worked under a, a great CEO at Fairfax in uh, Australia, Jack Matthews. He was head of digital, and and you know he often used to say, "Today is the slowest day in digital." Right at this point in time, and what he meant by saying that was that every day after is just going to get faster, and as things get faster, you've just got to change with that, and if you're resistant to that change you know, you're going to be left behind. And you're not going
2: to advise your customer in the right way. Peter, that was an absolute fantastic answer to that question. And that was what I was hoping for. I am very interested in your insights because you're dealing in a number of different markets. You're working with different organizations. And when you and I met three years ago and we started to to realize there was an opportunity to work together and that we saw things the same way, we we really bonded over that, that if a sales organization has some sort of change management system in place and they hire people that are not adverse to change. So that's the first piece you've got to get HR hiring the right people that are, that are challenged by change and they love it. And they, and they want a, they want some excitement. Um, and then when we're going into these legacy organizations and we're working with people that haven't had the change for years, identifying those people that are looking for the excitement of trying new things. But with change comes an enormous challenge and that is that you need to be constantly learning. How are you helping those organizations with that challenge of now we got to go to learning pretty much on a weekly basis?
0: I I think that coming with change is being brave enough for a a leadership team, uh, particularly an executive level to make those changes. No, they need to drive them into the organisation and they cannot be complacent about that. Um, And you can never underestimate the challenges that come with that as well. Uh, But but keeping people in positions, you know, just because they've been in a business, you know, you need people who know and are subject matter experts in in a space. And so it's not necessarily just bringing consultants in, you know, it's bringing in experts in that space in. Now, I'm not saying that we're experts in everything, but we are experts in what we do. So what we try to do is just put on the table with all of our partners as a free service, pretty much. You know, this is our experience. This is what we've seen that's worked. This is what we think would be good. You know, it's up to you what you take on board and what you don't. We we just try to influence and share our experience, um, you know, because if our partners are successful, then we're successful.
2: Peter Urmson is the CEO of the juggernaut known as Spotser in 12 different languages around the world, 300 people working at that organization. And, you know, probably one of the busiest men on the planet. So Peter, I really appreciate you taking out some time today to join us and uh, to share your wisdom with the listeners of the Conquer Local podcast.
0: No problem. It's been great to be with you, George.
2: Here's your takeaways from your lesson that you just received from Mr. Urmson and his years of experience in the space dealing with local businesses. Customer service is the most important piece of this whole animal. And having a team that can fulfill a very simple and succinct solution that's been sold to the customer is the key. And we find that top performing sales organizations that are selling digital are the ones that are able to distill the many digital solutions or tools that are being used down to a clear deliverable that can be measured for the customer and then not hiding behind a dashboard or something like that, actually having a conversation with that customer around whether we hit the mark or there are other things we need to do to reach that ultimate goal. And Spotser is the team in behind the scenes that are providing the service to those customers and actually jumping on the call and speaking to those customers in 12 different languages, building their websites, handling their SEO, doing their ad campaigns. So some very interesting and unique perspectives from the service side of the business, which is very important to be tied to the sales side of the business. Because if we can keep that congruent message from lead to bleed, as we say, so the lead comes in, they see some advertising, salesperson goes out and sells them something, service takes care of servicing it. And it all delivers as the ad promised, then we've got happy customers and we have customers that have aligned expectations. Also, there is an opportunity for that customer service team, and we're seeing this more and more, to participate in the upsell. And that is when you really have a finely tuned machine. Imagine the person that's creating the website, talking to the customer, getting the information, photos, things that they want in the website, also identifying that they need some SEO and selling them right on the spot. That's pretty cool. And I think that that would be a very interesting advancement to a sales organization. And then keep in mind, you sales folks out there, It's the service that wins the next sale and the next sale and the next sale. Selling something to somebody once, everybody can do that. You can go in, you can tell a story, sing and dance, um, make them feel good and close the deal once. But the service layer needs to be aligned so that you can get the repeat sale from the customer. And then the other unique thing that comes from that happy customer is usually referrals from their friends and family that need the same services that you've just sold to them. So it is really a big circle where you get the lead that comes in, you sell them a solution, customer service takes care of them and aligns those expectations and delivers on them, and then you go back and the the wheel of sales life just continues. I'm George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath.